Sons and daughters of our 
Good morning. We want to welcome you to Christ Wesleyan Church. Let us all stand this morning as we uh, sing about the truth that our God is truly able, that he is a God that is more than we can ever hope to imagine. And the cool thing is, is that we do this from a position of his children. Let us worship.
is with us. He will never let us go. God is with us. He will go before. He will never leave us. He will never leave us. God is for us. He is open arms. He will never fail us. He will never fail us. Lifted us. He defeated the Christ Wesleyan Church. If you're visiting with us this morning, thank you for coming. And um, if you have your bulletin, if you open it up on the inside, there's a little tab in there. I'm going to show you right now. Sorry, my hands are full. You'll understand in a minute. <laughs> um, there's a tab in here. If you fill this tab out and pull it off, pull it apart. And just bring it back to the table back there. We have a gift we'd like to give you for visiting with us this morning. Also, if you attend regularly, um, if you can just fill that out and let us know that you were here, because that's how we know that you were here this morning. Um, for those of you that are attending this morning, um, and it's your first time, please don't feel like you have to give. If you want to give, you can give. But we really just want you to come and experience God. And um, we don't take up offering in this service. We have a box in the back with a slit in the top. And if you would like to give, you can give to that. Um, but for those of you that regularly attend, we would love for you to continue giving. Um, a couple things this morning. The reason I'm up here, I'm usually not up here, am I? You're like, oh, what's going on? Um, I am the children's pastor here, and we have many different Oxano challenges we have going on for our debt reduction. Um, but the kids are going to issue an Oxano challenge to you. How cool is that? So they're going to issue a challenge to you. They've been working on these jars for months. We have about 100 of them. And what we want to challenge you to do is to take these jars home, one per family, Fill them up with loose change and bring them back. The fourth Sunday of every month, we'll be collecting the jars. So you just bring your jar to the church. There's going to be a drop-off spot where you can pour your change out and then just take your jar back home with you and fill it up again. Um, the first time we're going to collect the jars is the 27th of April. So that's the first Sunday after Easter. Um, there'll be reminders going out. But this is a great faith builder for our kids because they made these jars in faith, believing that they will be brought and they will be full. 
And I really want their faith to grow through this experience. So I encourage you to be part of it. When you leave today, there will be jars out here. You can pick and choose whichever one you like. If you have a big family, please take a big jar. And if you live by yourself, you can take a smaller jar and just make sure that you bring it back. Um, okay, it's just it's all me. I'm sorry. Um, let's pray as we continue to worship. Dear God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you, Lord, that you're real. And God, I thank you that um, that whatever has brought us here this morning, whether it's just our routine, because this is what we do on Sundays, whether it's our great needs for you to show up in our life, or whether it's our praise for what you have done, God, I pray that that would be poured out this morning in worship. And we praise you as we continue to lift you up. In your name, amen. Amen. We got a, a neat thing this morning. Uh, awesome opportunity. Uh, Brianne Steindell's here this morning. She's on break. Uh, and over Christmas break, she had the opportunity to go on a trip to East Asia. Uh, she can't tell you where she went because she went into a country that's closed uh, to Christians and to missionaries. So uh, she's going to share uh, about that trip briefly. And uh, it's just exciting to see how God is using um, our young people in this church to uh, to just proclaim his name and to spread the gospel. And what an awesome example. So uh, thanks, Brianne, for being here to share. And if you have questions, I know she would love to talk to you more afterwards. So this is just kind of a little brief um, bit about it. And then if you're interested, I know she would love to share more about it because this is her heart and this is her passion. So here you go. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to, first of all, thank everyone for all your prayers and support. I really appreciate it. And um, there are a couple of pictures I just wanted to share with you. Um, this is a picture of my team from Liberty University. Um, most of the time we were in East Asia. We spent with some local missionaries there, connecting with them and connecting college kids our age to them. So we got to build a lot of relationships, which I really loved. It was awesome. Okay, you can flip to the next one. Okay, this is a family that I met there. Um, the guy in the corner um, we got to hear from him, and he has been arrested numerous times, and um, I just, I got to see that persecution was so real. I got to see it firsthand. I, I mean, we hear about it all the time, but I got to go to a real underground church, and it was not what I expected. People weren't meek and quiet, and they were loud, and they were screaming Jesus' name, and I thought for sure we were going to get caught, and... Um, uh, they were dancing and just screaming, and it was so cool, and there was so much joy and passion, and um, he was one of the pastors that we met, and he he's not afraid. He just told us, like, as many times as I get arrested, I'm never going to stop preaching the gospel, and I'm never going to stop telling people about Jesus, and he gets threatened all the time, um, threats on his life daily. Um, and you can go ahead and flip to the next picture, please. Um, this is just a, a girl I wanted to share a quick story about. The girl in the middle, her name is Anna. And me and Anna have gotten to be really good friends. I just happened to meet her while I was there. She was staying at the same um, place that I was. And I would stay up late at night and just talk with her and hang out with her. And one night she, she just looked at me and she said, Hey, do you have a belief? And I said, Yeah, yeah, and I do. And I said, um, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, and I got to like tell her a little bit about what that meant to me, and um, she, I said, what about you, Anna, do you have a belief? And she said, 
I'm not allowed to have a belief. And I said, why? And she said, when you're joining the Communist Party, they don't let you have a belief. And um, I said to her, I was like, Anna, have you ever heard anything about Jesus? Have you ever read the Bible? Do you want to? And she was like, yeah, I love that. So I had happened earlier in the week to um, uh, be able to get a a Bible that was translated from their language to English, and I just thought it would be a cool souvenir, like, you know, sit it on a shelf, appreciate it, look at it later. Um, but I ran up to my room, and I grabbed it, and I brought it back down to her, and I said, Anna, I want you to have this. And she was so, so excited about it. She had me sign my name in it, and um, she she wanted to take this picture with all of us, and she's holding it. Um, but uh, she was she's really excited to read it, and she actually wrote me this postcard before she left and it just says um, thank you so much for the gift of the Bible and I will read it very carefully and continue to learn English and um, at the end she just wrote thank God that I met you <laughs> and uh, it's really cool and so so exciting for her because I still talk to her um, through a version of Facebook that their government allows them to have we can text and I actually saw that she posted a picture of her Bible with little notes in the margins and everything, that she's been reading it very carefully, and she's very excited to learn more about Jesus. Um, so if you if you guys would all keep her in your prayers and pray that the government would not cut off our contact and that I'd be able to continue to be her friend, that would be awesome. And that's all I have for now. I don't have a lot of time right now, but I have tons more pictures and stories that I'd love to share with everyone. <laughs> Thank you. What an awesome way uh, to start our worship service. What a cool way to see how God is working and how God is moving. And, and actually, I'd love to challenge you, um, if you've never been on a short-term uh, missions trip, uh, to, to really think about it. Because as much as it, it gives you an opportunity to help missionaries on the field there and to impact people there, uh, it'll impact your life and open your eyes to a greater picture of what God is doing and what God wants to do uh, in the world. And so I encourage you uh, to, to really think and pray about that. But uh, I'd love to, to pray for Bree and for Anna uh, as we continue to worship and, and praise God for what he's doing uh, in Anna's life. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to hear what you are doing, uh, not just here, but around the world. God, and to, to hear that your spirit is alive and well in people's hearts who, who are, aren't even allowed to know you and aren't even supposed to be seeking you. But God, they, they desperately want something and you have that to offer them. God, I thank you for Brienne and for her life and her willingness to, uh, to risk uh, so much in order to spread your name and make your name famous. God, may that challenge us and may that awaken us. God, I thank you for Anna and for her desire to know you and to know uh, that she is loved and, and that there is something greater uh, to be a part of. God, I pray that you would continue to work in her life. God, that you would use this scripture that she's been given to just open up her heart and her mind and her eyes to you. God, may your love continue to pour into her, God, and may uh, we as a people remember to pray for her and lift her up, God, and may you uh, do a mighty work in and through her life, God, as she uh, continues to seek for your truth, and God, that she would proclaim that and continue to be bold uh, in, in letting people know that she uh, is on a journey and that she is searching for you, God, may we have that same kind of courage to let people know that we are journeying with Christ, we are following hard after you. I thank you that we can be called your children. 
May we understand the depth of that this morning as we worship you. God, we don't worship you from a, a position of, of a slave, but we worship you from a position of a child of God who's been forgiven and redeemed and who is called children of God. What an awesome thing. God, may we grasp that this morning. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Let us stand together as we worship again this morning. and. This next song, I want you to really think about the lyrics and also just think about what Bree just shared about the fact that being in an underground area where at any moment someone could bust in, put cuffs on you, haul you away to jail for proclaiming the name of Jesus. Now, we don't have that fear in America. Amen? So this morning, we have no reason why we should be inhibited at all to, to let everything within us to proclaim the glory and the majesty of Jesus. So as you sing this song, understand that God is our help. There's many foes against us. But our help in Christ is on the way. Let us worship. Let us worship Him completely and show forth His love.
This time as we continue in the attitude of worship and praise, we just want to dismiss our kids for their time of worship and, and study as we continue to remain in the attitude of prayer. You can be seated after they kind of make the way to the aisle. And then uh, as we pray and as we start to sing again here at the very end of this prayer time, feel free to allow the Spirit to lead you. Whether you want to stand, kneel, uh, just simply raise your hands, just simply worship and soak it in. Just we invite you to worship as God leads you. Let's, let's go to God in prayer. What an awesome thing to think that his love never fails. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you face this week or what you have coming in front of you, we can cling to the fact that God's love never fails, even when it seems like it's hopeless, even when it seems like there's nowhere to turn. God's love's there, and God's love will see us through. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome privilege to be able to call you that. What an amazing thing that we can call the creator of the universe, the almighty, the holy, the perfect God, our Father. That we are your children, that you look at us and you love us. You look down on us and you smile on us as, as a earthly father or, or mother would look at their child and just beam with pride love. God, what an amazing, amazing thing. May we understand the depth of your love. May we understand that in Christ, God, it isn't about what we've done or what, what we can't do or what we can do, God, that we are made perfect in Christ. And because of his sacrifice, because of his love, you look down and you see beautiful children who are yours. May we understand how much, how deep, and how awesome your love is. May we understand that, that you are, you're proud of us. That you look down and love us. May that rock our world and change how we live our lives as we pursue you, as we desire to know you more, to follow you closer. And I pray that you would meet us where we are, whether we're coming uh, with hearts full and anxious and excited, whether we're coming feeling like we're on empty, feeling like we can't make it any further, God, or whether we're somewhere in the middle and a little unsure, God, may you meet us and may you have a perfect word for us to lift us up, to encourage us, to keep us going, God, to draw us closer to you. God, it's in your holy and precious and mighty name we pray. Amen. This next song we're going to be doing is called Hope Will Rise. It's a brand new song. Most of you may not have heard it, but the words are powerful. I want you to think right now of something that you're struggling with, no matter what it is, maybe a health, uh, an addiction, a struggle. And I want you to think that that our God is a God of hope, a God that will rise and heal us. He's our healer. He's our restorer. He's our redeemer. And this morning, we are through this song going to boldly intercede not only for ourselves, but for our kids, that they are protected by the powerful name of Jesus, that no one will touch them or harm them. We want to pray for our nation as we're singing through this song. Just yield it to God and trust that he is healer, not only savior, but healer and restorer. Let us worship. Just continue to worship as you feel that. Either standing or seating, just as you're led.
stand here in your presence, lifting up the name of Jesus. A strong tower meant to save us, and now nothing will defeat us. We are boldly interceding for our children lost and bleeding. We see slavery bow to freedom, and the sick restored to healing. So we fight for those who've fallen, and we take back what's been stolen. My family shamed and broken Hope will rise and hearts will open We'll see joy, defeat, depression Liberation from addiction For when we are at our weakest The power is completed forever Are you
We're glad that you're here this morning. We're glad that you uh, actually had your clocks that uh, worked this morning. Uh, we, I think we had a lot of people in our first service that uh, either forgot to change the hour or just simply slip in. I know we have a lot of people still struggling with loss of power, so we want to continue, continue praying for all those that don't have a hot water still and stuff like that, and uh, fresh hot food and having to use bagged food and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing how much you're dependent upon uh, power, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of amazing. Our kids were there. We were sitting there at the house on Friday, and all the ice is coming down. You're hearing trees going, like falling down around. And there is a sad thing. The, the parsonage bungee swing bit the dust. It's go no more. I don't know how many years it had been there, but two of the pines that held it went, and it's all gone. So if you're new, you don't know what that is, but there used to be a really cool swing at my house, and uh, you could get really, really high on it. We're just going to have to figure out new trees to tie it to or something, but we'll figure that out. But it's kind of crazy. But my kids are like, and like, what do we do? It's like, well, you use your mind. You get creative. I mean, you do some of these. like, but what do we do? My son was sitting at the couch, just literally sitting on the couch, staring at the fire because we had gas logs going. What do I do? And then when the power came back on, it was kind of funny. Uh, really, for us, it came back on fairly. It wasn't funny. It was a delight. But uh, uh, I'm, the TV pops back on. All this stuff pops back on. And. And all of a sudden, my, my computer, my TV screen goes blank, and a YouTube thing shows up, and I'm like, what is that? What's happening? And, and all of a sudden, this song popped up from, like, the, the 90s, like, I got the power! Right? You remember that song? <laughs> and Blaine had, like, Googled that thing and, like, sent it up on my TV because he's got the Chromecast that he can flip it on at any point when you don't know when it's going to happen. So, And he's, like, dancing around going, I got power! Shouldn't we have that kind of passion and energy for Christ? Right? That... I got the power, right? I mean, we have the power. Not at our disposal, not at our own bequest, but because God pursued us, chased us, called us by name, fulfills us, fills us so that we do not have to live defeated lives. Amen? And too many times, I think, you know, I really just was just stirred this morning by, by Bree's uh, comments in the first service and the second service. Thank you. She went to this underground uh, worship where they are screaming at the top of their lungs the name of Jesus not afraid. Even if they would go to jail, they're okay. I mean, and sometimes we in the church look like the frozen chosen, right? Because we're afraid of what if we show emotion, the world may end, right? God is a God of power, of might, and yes, emotion. He gave us our emotions, and there's nothing sinful about emoting. If you read Psalm 100, right? Shout to the Lord, right? You know, it's like it's okay to bring energy and passion and not for just to reflect yourself but to reflect the God who is mighty to save who has redeemed us and set us free and so this morning I just want to encourage us to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ to not be ashamed of it in any way because you know we don't have to be the worst thing that's going to happen to us we may get a name get, a, get us called a certain name like Jesus freak or you're just a weirdo over there you can lose your life so how much more so should we be sharing our faith and and passion in Christ. And as we continue this series on Follow the Leader, we want, we've been asking questions for the last four weeks just about that understanding it's more to follow Jesus than just the simple understanding. It was like, okay, God, I love you. You love me. And that's it. You know, God wants to transform us. He calls us to transform us. He calls us to help us be his disciples. He trains us. He equips us. Literally, when he called the disciples, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I mean, I will make you a disciple maker. And that's hard for us to hear sometimes. We just want to kind of stop at the saving power of Jesus. And don't get me wrong, that is amazing. 
that God saved us, that God called us, that God adopted us as children as we looked at that as well. But it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning of following Jesus. It's not just, it's not, that's just even just a, a small taste of the pie that, yes, we've been redeemed and glorified into heaven because of him and what he's done for us. But there's more. We can show forth this love that God has given us to others. We've been redeemed not for ourselves, but for the purpose of others. So that they can know the majesty and the glory of God, right? So that every gift that I have been given by God, that I can use that to help extend his love to every single person I meet. And so this morning we're going to look at the aspect of understanding another great dynamic truth of understanding what it means to follow God. And and as we follow him, as we pursue him to be a disciple maker, to help others understand that God loves them, that he's adopted them before the foundation of the earth was ever even laid, that also we need to understand there's also not only the going part, but there's also the remaining part that we looked at last week so that we can know, and this morning we're going to talk about that we can know that we're the children of God. And that should just totally shatter our souls in a positive light, in a positive way, change every way that we look at the world, that we are children of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says this. 1 John chapter 3, 1 says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Did you hear that? What great love he has lavished. It's not by our own doing. It's by his great love for us, that he pursued us and called us by name to follow him. He's lavished his love, not just kind of painted us with it. He's lavished. He's like draped it over us. He's like enveloped it in over us and through us. And what the amazing thing is, is that we are called children of God, and that is what we are. That's just a matter of fact afterwards. I love how John just puts it that way. Oh, and if you didn't get this clear enough that you are a child of God, that's what you are. That's what you are right now. At this instant, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you have professed your sins before God and confessed them and professed your belief in him, you can be a child of the king, not by your own doing, not by your own merits, but by what he has done for you on the cross and through the resurrection. And we should be totally pumped that we are his kids, that we are his kids, and that we can have a relationship with him. And now you may be thinking, well, isn't that like, opposite of what I said last week. No, I said that we can't make God into our personal God, meaning we can't make him into what we want him to be, but you can have a relationship with God, a personal relationship, but you can't make him personally into what you want him to be because he's already God. He's not going to change if I ask him to change. He is constant. He is consistent, but yet he says, I love you, I have called you, and you are my children, and I'm going to lavish my love upon you. And that is totally transforming. And that is what we are. Because of God's great love, we are adopted into his family, brought into his family, which means that we can have an intimate relationship with our Father God as his child. You see, there's no doubt that our status before God is just basically grounded and merited when we are justified by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. We don't have no fear at that instant. Isn't that a great, great news? But that's not where it ends. That's just where it begins. God wants us to not just simply be saved, but to be saved to grow in his likeness, that we not only turn from our sin, but we turn from ourselves and we trust Jesus completely and we become obedient to him as children of God. Because there's only one command that I find in Scripture for children. You know what it is? Obey. (laughs) Obey. Period. 
Do your own word study, but it's obey. Now, there's other commands in the midst of that, but ultimately, the child of God and a child of parents, right, are to obey. We are to model what the Father tells us and teaches us. So when God calls us, he wants us to become like him. Because you kind of grow up to be like your parents, right? Which is kind of scary. Some of us try to spend our whole life moving away from that, right? And some of us are delighting in that and understanding that, wow, I want to be just like dad or I want to be just like mom. But we have those we have those tendencies, right? When you got married, right, you said you'd never do certain things. I will never talk to my kids like that the way my dad or mom did. And what do you do? A few years into it, you, you've caught yourself going, oh, man, I can't believe that I'm saying it just like dad. Well, that should be a good thing when we are a children, when we are children of the King, that we start acting, talking, functioning, living our lives in such a way, saying that that person is acting and living like Christ. They're looking to Christ to see what the Father is doing. They're modeling their life after their daddy. We are called to follow him, yes. We are called to be his witnesses, yes. But we are also called to delight in his presence. Did you know that? Listen to that again. We are called to delight in his presence, meaning it's okay to be excited to be in the presence of God. Do you believe that? Oh, my gosh. Really? I mean, do you understand that we are called to delight in God? That doesn't mean you have to be over the top, maybe like I am a little bit more extroverted, but we it isn't going to hurt to crack a smile every once in a while to show people that God is good. God is great. I mean, we're to delight in his presence and have fun. I mean, do you remember when you were a toddler? You probably don't. I don't remember much about it. I just remember what my parents told me, and some of it wasn't great. Uh, but, yeah. But you remember when your parents came through the door, and you just like, Daddy! And you ran to them, or Mommy! I remember when my kids were little. I'm not going to use Blaine as an example because he'll get embarrassed. But I'll use Grace as an example. When Grace was really little, I mean, as soon as I'd walk through the door, I mean, she'd be like, Daddy! And she'd run and just jump up in your arms. You'd hug her and squeeze her. And she'd just like, don't let me down, Daddy. Let's play. He'd like, toss me around. You know, do whatever, do whatever. And it's just like overwhelming, isn't it? I mean, she was delighting in me. Now that it's a little older she gets, I mean, I think she thinks I have the plague, right? I mean, anybody, any parents understand that? It's like they no longer delight in you as much as possible. In a sense, that happens to us as Christians. When we first follow God, I mean, we can't, we can't wait to just simply be in God's word or, or be in prayer with him or, and just find out everything we possibly can. And the older and the wiser we get and the more mature we get, we, get, we, we kind of a little more sophisticated and a little more mature in how we handle things. And, and it's like, you know, when I was a child, I thought of this. It's okay to be a child in God's presence because you are still a child in God's presence. You are his sons. You are his daughters. And it's okay to delight in his presence and grow in your relationship with him. And it's in that delight, it's in that love, it's in that passion that is exuded between God's love for you and your love for God that you were motivated and that you are driven to honor God with everything that you say and everything that you do. Because I remember when I little, I wanted to please my parents totally. That may be different, but I really did. I wanted to be just like them. I didn't know any better probably at that point, right? You know, my kids didn't know any better when they were little. They didn't want to be like me. But I want to be just like him in a sense. I want to be just like God. I want to grow in his likeness every single day of my life and delight and understand that I'm his child. David Platt in his book, Follow Me, discusses how the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament shows the dynamic 
change between the relationship of God and his people. In the Old Testament, only 15 times is the word father used to describe God. In the New Testament, 165 times is the term for God used as father. Isn't that an amazing change? And only one time of those 165 times is it not used in the context of discipleship, meaning a relationship with his disciples. Jesus, and there was teaching that you should call upon your father in heaven, right? He says, your father, I'm always doing what my father in heaven is doing over and over again. It's in the context of a relationship. We need to understand the dynamic understanding that God has called us to be his children. Yes, he's called us to follow him, but not only follow him, but to learn about him, to grow in him and passionately pursue him as much as he passionately pursues us. Not out of obligation or you're going to get a merit badge in heaven. You just do it because you love him. You can't wait. When you love someone, don't you want to be with them? Right? And you spend time with them. And you grow in that, right? I mean, the longer you're with people, the more you become and they know everything about you. I mean, I cannot even think about fibbing or lying. My wife can read right through me. I mean, it's like, if I even attempt, after almost 20 years of marriage, it's like, Rusty, okay. Right? I mean, she knows every single thing about me, but yet I still delight to be in her presence and want to spend time with her. Do we get to spend as much time as we want? No, because we got kids, right? You know, when they move on to the world, they will have a little more time for each other as well. But God wants us to spend time with him over and over again as his father to grow in that passionate relationship with him. G.I. Packer tells in his classic book, Knowing God, that fatherhood of God is central to our understanding of the Christian life. He says this, what is a Christian? The question can be answered in many ways. But the, richer, the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God as father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that they don't fully understand or comprehend what it means to be called by God and to be a Christian. Do you comprehend the thought that you are a child of God this morning? Do you understand that? That you have a father in heaven that is perfect. And whether you had a good father on earth, that does not matter. God in heaven is perfect. He's not, God, we're, our fathers here are just a dim comparison, right, of what our father in heaven is, right? God in heaven is a perfect representation of what a father should be. And so as we go to our Father, He's perfectly loving, He's perfectly just, and we can enjoy the fact that we are His children. We can grow in stature and in His likeness, enjoying to do His work, enjoying to be His, his children. We are His heirs, and not only knowing that we're His children, we can be guaranteed and assured that we are in His presence and that we are secured in our salvation. Because people ask me all the time, how do you really know that you're saved? Romans chapter 8 answers that for us very specifically. Romans chapter 8, 15 and 17. It says this, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Don't you hear that? When God calls us, he doesn't call us as a puppet master. He calls us as a father into a relationship, not out of puppeting us and making us do things against our will. He didn't call us as slaves so that we would live in fear again. See, God calls us out of fear. Because in Scripture it tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, right? And that perfect love casts out fear. God is not fear. 
So rather, the spirit you received, in other words, that was given to you, you didn't earn it, but you received, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, meaning by God, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, and heirs of God, and then co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Did you get all that? We are not slaves. We are children. We have been given a spirit of God, by God, so that we can know and be sure that he testifies with us on a daily basis that we are his and that he is ours. And that should bring us great comfort. Great comfort. And the thing we want to drop off on this passage is we really like the part about being his children. We really like the fact about being his heirs. And if heirs of God were heirs and co-heirs with Christ, and that's great. But then we don't want to think about this if indeed we share in his sufferings. Even as a child of God doesn't mean we're exempt from difficult times in life. But his spirit, his spirit still testifies with our spirit even when we're going through difficult times that we are children of God. That God isn't punishing us and trying to get back at us. Because I know many of you may have heard that. It's like, oh, you just don't have enough faith or you did something wrong. That's the reason you're struggling. No, you could just be going through difficult times because we live in a world that is hellish. True. And we live with people that have free will just like we have free will to choose God and they can choose not to follow God. And sometimes when people don't choose to follow God, they choose to follow their own way and they choose to hurt us rather than hurt themselves. That's not God's doing. That's humanity's doing. And we, and Jesus suffered, did he not? He suffered all the way to the cross. And what do we think if we're going to follow this God and understand that we are his children, are we any more immune from that suffering than he was? No. Does that mean we will suffer? I don't know. But it's a pretty good chance that we will. But God will reassure us in our lives that he is with us. And if we suffer with him, we will also know and share in his glory. That's good news that we can know that we will be with him. So this morning, are you understanding the great and amazing truth that you are God's child? That we have a God, a father, who beckons to us as his children to learn from him, to be his disciples, to grow in the process of understanding what it means to follow him. Because God loves to forgive us. Isn't that good news? He wants to forgive us. He loves to forgive us. He loves to provide for us, lead us, protect us, sustain us, comfort us, direct us, purify us, yes, discipline us. We don't like that one many times, but he gives to us blessing upon blessing. He calls us, calls us and promises us that we will inherit his kingdom when we follow him. So God, on, God delights in doing these things for his children because we have a God who is a good and loving father. He's not going to give us bad gifts. He's going to give us good gifts. We just have to be open to receive them and understand that we need to pursue him as much as he pursues us. Surely this delight that God has in us shouldn't be one-sided. It shouldn't be one-sided. We should delight in him as much as he delights in us. That we should be excited that we're in his family. Right? We don't need to be ashamed of our Father God. Even if you live in a family where you may be ashamed of one of your parents, you know, you don't have to be ashamed of your Father God. He's perfect. He's loving. He's just. He wants to do everything he can for you. God is a good and gracious God. And in him, we can have a pleasure that is exuding to the world. But unfortunately, many times, 
our attention is not towards God, it's towards the world. We're not trusting that God will bring us the pleasure and fulfill us the way we need to be fulfilled. We trust that the world needs to do that, but that's not the case. So this morning, if you are a child of God, do you delight in God? Do those around you know that you delight in God? Do they know and see something in you that is different? Not by your own doing, but do they see the light of Christ glowing in you? Are you always worried, fearful, discouraged? That's not what God wants his child to be. Even if hell's breaking loose all around you, God's kingdom will not be destroyed. It will not be shaken. He loves us. He will protect us. He will guide us. He will strengthen us. He will fulfill us. And we need to make that evident to the world. We need to let the world know that God is good. And it's exciting to be his child. God doesn't call us to a boring, humdrum life. He calls each and every one of us to live out our life to the fullest, exactly where we are, to reach more and more people for his kingdom, exactly where he's placed us, exactly with our personality. You don't have to be exactly like me, praise God. There's, it'd be way, that would just be way too difficult if there's more than one me. That's why God made each and every one of you unique and gifted with, you, with unique gifts. He made you he created you in your mother's womb perfectly for how you should be, but you're still to delight in him in such a way that it's evident to the world around you so that we become contagious. It's contagious. I'm sure, Bree, wasn't it contagious when you walked into that underground church when these people are shouting at the top of their voices, praise the name of Jesus. And at any second they could be cuffed, stuffed, thrown into jail, and killed at any instant. We have none of that bondage, none of that fear, and many times we can barely raise our voices about this in a song. I hear people, well, I just don't really like worship. Well, you're not going to like heaven. If you don't like worship, you're not going to like heaven because 24-7, 3 6, I mean, for eternity, you're going to be around the throne of God, praising Him, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. My God is awesome. He rocks. He, he's amazing, right? It's okay to understand that we have got to somehow show the world that heaven isn't some place that we go to and finally get rid of this boring life. God wants to bring heaven to earth. And he wants to bring that energy and that passion into our worship. That doesn't mean we have to be jumping pews and do anything that's distracting and disturbing. I'm not talking about that. But where is the glory of God falling? It's only going to fall when we as people extend our full life and our full support and glory to his name. Who cares what anybody else thinks about us? If I look strange, who cares? I don't really care. If you don't like me, I really don't care. Because I'm a child of the King. He loves me. Even when nobody else does. He loves me. And He loves you. Even when nobody else does. And He can fulfill me. You see, many of us, I believe, have accepted Jesus can forgive them of their sins, but they have forgot that their Father is the only one that can satisfy their souls. Let me say that again. Many of us believe, surely believe, and have been taught that Jesus forgives our sins, but we have forgotten that our Father is the only one that can satisfy our sins. That this world has nothing to fulfill you. Your job, even though you may love it, is not ultimately going to fulfill you. Your family, even though you may love them completely and utterly, and I hope that you do, 
and that you take delight in them, but ultimately they will not fulfill you. Because one day they're going to grow up and move out, and what are you going to do then? Drugs, alcohol, anything that you can throw out there in this world will never satisfy your soul. Only in God will we find a fulfillment. God doesn't only save our save us from our sins, he saves our souls and fills our souls to overflowing so that we can be secure whether I have plenty or whether I have nothing. That's why Jesus taught his disciples this in chapter 6 of John's gospel in verse 35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is not metaphors here. This is reality. Jesus is the sustenance to our life. Bread in the first century was a staple. It was the thing that provided your basic need. Jesus is saying, I'm it. I will be your source of strength, your fulfillment. Nothing else is going to fill the void that I can fill. And if you are hungry and you are thirsty, then come to me and you will never thirst again. But as I told you, you have seen me, and yet you still do not believe. Many times I think Jesus is saying, is like, look, you, you've only gone halfway. You've only said, okay, I'll trust you as my Savior, but I don't know if I really want you to be my Father, because if you're my Father, then I need to be obedient to you, and I need to shape my life based on your standards and your truth and your will. And you know what? I'm just a little bit too selfish at this point. Jesus saw it. He's like, hey, you know, all you guys want me to do these miracles to feed your physical body, but you don't want to allow me to fill your spiritual soul. All of us want miracles. But God has already given us the greatest miracle. The sustaining of our souls that we have peace that passes understanding. Simply because he is God and we are his. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. We are assured in him. For I have come down from heaven, Jesus says, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in his, him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them upon, upon that last day. Do you understand that you are children of the King, that you are a child of God? We need to realize that Father knows best. And that Father not only saves us, but he fulfills us. He sustains us. The Father wants us to understand that we can find complete and utter satisfaction simply being his child. Whether everything else gets stripped away. Why? Because Jesus is not only the source of our salvation, he's the source of our fulfillment. And in him we can be completely satisfied. So when we come to Christ, our thirst and our hunger should be completely quenched. So this morning, are you a child of God that has your stomach full and your life full? God wants to fulfill you completely. And when we realize that he is better than all the pleasures, pursuits, platitudes, and possessions that this world has combined, as we trust in Christ, he will transform our taste for what we love in the world to help us hate the things of this world and love the things of God. 
so that we can't wait to get more of Him, that we can't wait to get more of worship, that we can't not just wait to get more of worship on Sunday mornings, but every time that we turn on the radio and we listen to the music that's coming through the radio or every time that we get up and we grab the Word of God and we read it, that we know this isn't just a dead Word, that this is God speaking to us at that instant to shape us, to guide us, because we are His children and we should open up our hearts and our lives to Him to let Him teach us. When we follow God, we become His children and we understand the true joy that's found in following Him and the world will never compare. We will not want or, or lack for anything in Him. Though we may crave, we may desire things of this world, God will quench those desires and help us desire more of Him and less of us. Do you understand the fact that your Father in Heaven has called you to be His child today? He loves you. Do you understand that God has been calling you since before the foundation of the earth was laid? Do you understand that He sent His Son Jesus, who is the Lord and Savior of all, who confess their sins, believe in Him, take up their cross, and follow Him? Do you understand the great news that Jesus, in Jesus, you are the child of God, not some second-class citizen, but you are a child with all the rights and the inheritance of God our Father that He wants to bestow and yield upon you today? Do you understand that in Christ that you don't only experience the forgiveness of your sins, but you find complete fulfillment and joy through Him? Do you understand that this morning? That's what it means to be a child of God. If you don't understand these truths, that these have not been awakened to you this, in this time, then I would pray right now that you would understand the true and utter, complete fulfillment of knowing that you are a child of God. That nothing else compares, ever. No matter how many things you can try, and I know it's easy for us old people to say, you know, I tried everything and it left me fleeting. And the reason we say that is because we don't want you guys to make the same boneheaded, stupid mistakes that we did. And I made plenty of them. I want everybody, I want my children, I want my children to be able to one day say, I never knew a day that I didn't love Jesus. I want every one of these youth and every one of these children in this church to know there was never a day that I didn't know that I was a child of the King, that I was a child of God. That I didn't have to pursue a life of stupidity because I, my friends thought it would be cool. Because I can understand that peer pressure is actually nothing compared to the glory of knowing God, my Savior. That's my desire for us to understand what it means to be a child of God, that we don't only, or that we are not only delighted in by God, but that we delight in Him that we restore that hope, that desire, that we let it rise again, that we would know that God is the fulfillment of our lives, not just the Savior of our souls so that we can get out of hell. Yeah, that's important. That's great. I don't want to wait until I get to heaven to know Him fully. Do you? God doesn't want you to wait. He wants you to know Him now as your child. To be fully fulfilled and sustained in Him. So would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would live your life, that we would live our lives in such a way that reveals the joy of Christ. That the joy of being a child of God would so permeate our lives that it would permeate this world. So that you would delight, that we would delight daily in your overwhelming goodness and your mercy. Even in the midst of our life that seems to be crazy. 
and fulfilled with pain and hurt, Lord, help us understand that you were with us, that you've never forsaken us. You've never taken a day off. And Lord, help us to have the same delight and desire to pursue you. So this morning, Father, I pray if there's someone here today that does not know you as Father, that they would allow the barriers to fall down, that they would simply turn to you, confess whatever is in their life that is keeping them from you. Lay that at the foot of the cross and that they would receive your mercy, that they would forgive, that they would understand the forgiveness of sins and that you have called them by name to be a child of the King. Lord, I pray for us that maybe have known God for quite some time, that have been in a relationship with Jesus for quite some time and we have grown stale in our joy. Maybe the joy of the Lord is no longer our strength and we need to just pray right now, Father, restore our spirit. Restore the passion and our desire to pursue you above all things. That we would hunger for your word, that we would hunger for your righteousness, that we would thirst for your presence, that we would thirst to be shaped and molded by you and know that you will completely satisfy our hunger and our thirst. So Father, help us today to know the assurance of being a child of the King. I pray that your spirit right now would testify with our spirit that we are your children. And if we're not, Father, that you would speak to us turn us back to you. We come, Father, to follow. We want to be like that toddler again, delighting in your presence. Completely fulfilled in you. Do your work today in us, Father. Your will be done. Lord, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Do your work today in each of us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let us stand as we close with this song this morning. And if you need to be prayed for this morning, we invite you to come. The altar is always open. And understand the depth of being a child of the King. It's higher than the mountains that I face. And stronger than the power of the constant in the trial and the change this one thing remains one thing remains in love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me in love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up.